0: All right, everyone, I have to apologize for my audio this week, I am on the road, I am in Warsaw, Poland, currently uh, doing some developer conferences, I will be back next week on my regular microphone setup. However, this is coming straight from my surface laptop 4, not the five, which we're going to talk about this week, because it's not even out yet, I don't even have it. But we compared multiple uh, microphones. And I also spent about three hours trying to set up my Android phone and my iPhone and all my other yeah. different things to work. And this is the best I could do uh, on, my, on, my, on, my, on my machine here. So I'm so sorry for the audio this week. Uh, and if you're a brand new Tech Meme Ride Home listener, one, thank you for downloading the podcast and listening to the ad read from our good friends over at the Tech Meme Ride Home. Uh, but also, this is not the normal audio. The normal audio sounds like my good friend Frank Kruger. Frank, Frank why don't you speak and, and, and have it sound delightful for folks here?
1: Hello, James. This is a proper podcasting microphone, I assume. I don't know. You sent me this one. How are you doing? You know, I I don't mind your bad audio quality. You have the foreign correspondent, you know, like the tin cans and the string seem to be working just fine. So I I don't have a problem with it. It lets us remind us the efforts that you're going through to make this podcast happen. So I think we all
0: appreciate it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I appreciate that. It is a dual microphone setup. I didn't realize that until the Surface event this week, where they announced a whole bunch of new products. And uh, you know, I think we want to get into the accessories, but I, I first, Frank, I got to talk about the Surface Laptop Five. Now, the <laughs> five, five. How many have you bought? <laughs> so, one, none. Well, this is my okay. first one. My, so mm. the Surface has now been around for ten years. Can you believe it's been around for ten years? That's pretty astonishing.
1: No, I can't. Especially because I think I'm using the ten year old one. <laughs> so maybe I actually do believe it. But no, it's. I remember when the Surface was a crazy hollow table thing. <laughs> so this whole this whole product line still ba- baffles me because it's gotten huge. It's there was a Surface event that I guess we're talking about, and there were like a million products they introduced. It was it was fun. It was like a hardware event.
0: It it truly really was. And and Microsoft's been really going through every single year, announcing a lot of new, amazing pieces of hardware. And what's cool about a lot of this stuff is that the reference designs are out there. So they kind of talked about that. Panos talked about that with, I believe, The Verge or Engadget uh, and, and sort of the legacy of why they built some devices versus other devices, mm-hmm. such as gaming um, machines, things like that. But, you know, the Surface line to me is sort of, that premium look, feel made by the the individuals that make the operating system, right? It, it's the it's the MacBook lineup. It's you know it's it's the MacBook Air lineup, but the Microsoft version of it. And over the years, there's always been the Surface Pro, which is is just the tablet convertible that has the little kickstand. And we'll talk about the nine uh, that came out. And then you have the Surface go which is the tiny Mm -hmm. portable one there's a go laptop now there was the surface book which i had which was the detachable top which no longer is around at least i haven't seen it in a long time Uh, and then there's the surface studio which is the crazy ridiculous (laughs) all-in-one thingy and then there is the surface laptop lineup which to me is is pinnacle. It's my favorite device. I think I've ever owned in the Surface lineup because it is a proper laptop with a beautiful trackpad, beautiful keyboards, and I have the fully spec'd out um, Surface Laptop Four, and yes, yeah, it's my it's my work machine. That's what we're recording this podcast on now. So this is this is this is the one that I have. This is my replacement for my Surface Book Two. It has thirty two gigs of RAM, an i seven, uh, fully spec out. Uh, And whatever the processor, uh, the GPU is. I don't know. It's it's really good. And this thing, I've had just this morning. I had about six different instances of Visual Studio, had Android emulators up, I had apps running, I had um, Docker running. It's a beast. It's a beast in a machine. And I have one problem with it, Frank. One problem. Oh no, Uh,
1: this is with the four, right? Not the five, the new five. Or what do you have a problem with?
0: I have a problem with the 4, which they fixed in the 5. And uh, ah, okay. <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of people aren't giving the 5 a lot of love because they're like, oh, it's a spec bump, but blah, 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 which it is. It's totally yeah. just a processor okay. bump.
1: I'm going to pause you, though, because I was a little bit confused here. So I want to paint a picture for everyone who's just imagining all this in their ears um, because I was a little unclear. The Surface Pro is the tablet one. It's a yes. tablet for the most mm-hmm. part with, like, a floppy keyboard that you can, you know, be a cover or something. The Surface laptop is totes just a laptop, not just, <laughs> you know. It's a very good-looking laptop. Does it have the fuzzy top on the top? Because I like those fuzzy tops you can get a fuzzy top on the top if you desire (laughs) okay so just to be clear the surface laptop is very much just a laptop it's not a tablet convertible am i right there you are
0: 100% correct and that's why i love it because i love laptops in fact heather i got her a surface pro with the the you know floppy floppy keyboard and uh you know, I should have got her a laptop because okay. <laughs> just it doesn't fit her her vibe. You know, she actually needs a, a proper laptop. Laptop that sits in your lap, uh, in general. Yeah. Now, I, I had the Surface Go a, as well, and so did you. And that has the floppy mm-hmm. keyboard, and that's just a smaller tablet. And you know, I do like that form factor, but I travel, present, and I want full-on keyboard proper. I don't want the floppiness. I want to, you know, have it all the time. And, you know, I I do think the Surface Pro is nice because you can detach it. You can go from that, Pano said it in this interview, he said from creator to consumer, right? So you're you're either consuming content or you're creating content. For me, Mm -hmm. I like to do both of those from a laptop, personally, (laughs) uh, in, in general. But that being said, there is something very nice about being in that... Consumption mode, aka like an iPad, right? When you're on a plane mm-hmm. or in a place where you can't fit a huge laptop like I have in front of me right now, it is quite large. I have the 15 inch, it's fully specced out it's there um, in well, general.
1: And this is a place where um, PCs have a little advantage on Macs. The Mac laptops are not touchscreen. And so sometimes I carry the iPad just because I want a touchscreen. You know, ah. I don't feel like doing the whole keyboard thing. But it's funny. Um, I use my iPads as kind of home devices. I'm going to travel soon. And I plan on taking a laptop for kind of all the reasons of it's nice just having a rigid monitor and all that. So it's it's neat that the laptop isn't going anywhere. It still has a lot of uses. And although it's annoying always having the keyboard there and on Macs, it's annoying because you don't have a touch screen. And I keep poking at the screen and nothing happens. <laughs> but at least PCs, something happens when you poke the screen
0: yeah I really really do enjoy having the touch screens on all the surface. I love the three by two aspect ratio, and I agree with you this was uh this trip obviously was a work trip, but same with Heather, she found herself she got a new dell x p s thirteen which is an absolutely delightful little machine. She could put it in her little travel you know you know satchel, it's mm-hmm. not even a backpack. She didn't even need a backpack <laughs> because it's so small it's absolutely delightful and you know, we're able to carry that on. Same with this Surface Laptop um, 4 because it's so lightweight. And I'm sure you're going to take probably the MacBook Air, I would assume. Because yeah. it's a delightful, it's, that's also a delightful device, right? You don't, you don't, you might as well just bring the whole thing and not bring your iPad yeah. because why add an extra, extra pound there? Anyway, back, back to my. Yeah. <laughs> we don't
1: have to justify laptops for this entire thing. I was just, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how they just aren't going anywhere. Okay. So what is your issue, James?
0: Okay, so the issue I didn't know was an issue until it became an issue, Frank, because Heather got her Dell XPS 13, and we awesome were machine. just del- absolutely delightful machine. And her company gave her a dock. Now I have the Surface docks, and the Surface devices have a proprietary charging MagSafe yeah. adapter that you can use also as a USB, um, you know, three port that turns into a dock that you can do output to monitors and extra ports in, but her device, like my device only has two USB. Now the Dell XPS 13 has two USB C, the Mm. surface laptop four and five have both a uh, two, two USBs, one USB C and one USB a, which I think Mm. is better. I like having just the a adapter and the C. In in general, because I can plug everything into an A. The world is not converted to C yet. I'm sorry, it just hasn't happened yet. Soon, but the thing was, she got this dock that weighs about 2,500 pounds. But it is a, <laughs> it is she, her USB C ports are lightning adapters ports, lightning ports, and. They've been around forever because they've been on Max forever, I think, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've been rocking the lightnings. It's it's funny how few things have taken advantage of them because they're not as popular as USB-C peripherals have even become. It's almost as old. It's older. (laughs) And um, so they're a little bit more expensive and everything, but they've totally existed. And I'm going to beat you to the chase. So you're talking about like Thunderbolt 4? Did they put that on this machine?
0: Ah, that is correct. Uh, they they did on the Surface Laptop Five. They added a Lightning Four to it, and and that was my issue because I wanted to reuse her docking station in our mm-hmm. uh, when we're on the road and just bring one docking station with us. I don't want to bring my proprietary one. Uh, so I was going to either buy another one or just use hers. And, and this thing is ginormous. I mean, it it <laughs> is it is it is wild. But from one port you're able to power, you know, two 4k monitors It has like so many outputs. It is wild. It is wild. And USB C USB C just can't do it. And if you plug it into the port, you can't do everything that you can do on it. And that was a real bummer to me because we had similar ports that look the same, but they're completely different. And now the service laptop five has the lightning port in it. I didn't know what I was missing. (laughs) Until I, until there was like the proof, proof right there. It's like, oh, I really should have, I should have thought about this uh, and how important it was.
1: And you need a special cable. Don't forget the special cable. Yes. Because it is, this is crazy speeds, everyone, if you haven't dealt with this stuff before. Uh, This is what I use to connect my eGPU to my Mac because although I love my Mac, its GPU isn't the greatest. Actually, I'd take that back. It has a wonderful GPU. I plugged the new GPU in anyway. What can I say? I love hardware. Uh, So that's been fantastic. And you need this fast connect for you know you're transmitting video you know it's stuff lots of data and you're trying to do that as quickly as possible it's a wonderful port but you do need expensive cables that tend to be a little bit short uh the boxes tend to be more expensive but you know what else it's great for is external hard drives you can get very fast external hard drives and i've been using that and i mean fast as in it can be a little bit faster than my internal hard drive, just because I bought a really high quality one with the high quality interconnect. And it's it's kind of scary, impressive how fast it can move files around over an external connection. It's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I don't have it and I won't get it because at Microsoft, we only refresh our laptops so often. So I have to wait probably till the <laughs> Surface Laptop 7, maybe Oh geez. Uh, if, if, there, if there is one. But uh, regardless, I, I just want to say that, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal until it is a big deal because you you don't have that many ports on these machines. And having a Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 4 connector opens up a broad range of, of capabilities when you're traveling on the road. And or any pro, pro, pro stuff,
1: it's pro stuff, it's big stuff, stuff that needs lots of data. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, anyways, that's the service laptop five. We spent way too long on it, but lap- laptops are back, they never win anywhere, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we love our computer, we just love hardware, don't we? Love these episodes where we just talk about hardware. It's fun. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to mention since we you said the word doc a million times, I have to say my favorite product announcement from this It is the Microsoft. Uh, registered trademark, copyright, <laughs> audio doc. <laughs> it's it, that's right, people. Microsoft is making a speaker. They're insane. Why is Microsoft making a speaker? But they made kind of like a speaker for nerds. I kind of love it because it's a speaker that has HDMI, USB C ports, USB A ports on it. It's think of it as like a, a, a cheap Amazon speaker, but with computer ports on it because why the heck not? And the idea is, I guess, it can actually be a dock. So it's not just a microphone array and a speaker, but it's actually a computer dock. It's 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 a weird mixed product and I think that's why I like it so much. Like I'm not sure I would buy one, but if I needed an external speaker, maybe I would because it's just so weird that I like it, James.
0: <laughs> I I don't understand it and yet I also love it too because it is it goes against the other Microsoft surface docs and that's why it's not actually called the microsoft surface audio docs called the microsoft audio doc so it's, a a <laughs> it, it's a separate thing announced at the surface event it works with surface devices but it does not need the surface uh specific adapter it just works with any USB-C. funny that it's a USB-C and not a thunderbolt 4 though just in general you don't need uh, it you don't need it for audio
1: uh, USB C is USB 3.1 and 3.2. It's fast. It's plenty fast. Uh, you just don't need it. It's overkill. I promise. You, be thankful you don't have to use the expensive cable.
0: That's true. And also, I should say that you're right. It doesn't have that many ports. Like the the if you want a Thunderbolt 4 dock that has five billion different outputs <laughs> on it, that's why you have the Thunderbolt 4. However, this little device is a quite very, very nice. I mean, it has a tweeter, it has a woofer in it. It does have the, um, two omnidirectional microphone arrays, like you said. So, uh, you know, what it seems like they're going for here. And I, and I've been using that. I've been doing this a little bit more at home. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if you've tried it, but I've been taking my team's calls at work and I've been using uh, my microphone, obviously that I Mm. podcast with at home as the input microphone, that is the output. I've been using my speaker uh, monitor, my my, my speakers on the monitor. So I'm curious how this works. If you're in a room or in an office where you kind of want that audio coming back, are they thinking you're going to use the microphones and the speakers to have a conversation like you're on a phone in a Teams call or a Zoom call? Or are you thinking, That it's going to be for music. That's what I, these little things, you know, Google has them and Apple has them. I'm never sure their use case 100%.
1: This does seem to be for working people. So this is like, I'm in a meeting, I press a button and all of a sudden I'm not muted or muted. Like it has configurable buttons on it that you can make do things. So it's like almost like a stream deck too. Because it gives you these like easy controls to things. So I think 100% they're imagining um, home office. You just want a dedicated device to make doing video conferencing easier. And I think it would be wonderful at that. Because its microphones are going to be better than whatever cheap microphone is in your computer or your laptop. And the speaker has a giant woofer in it. (laughs) It's just going to make everything sound better. So I, I think it's kind of a genius little device. Like most of these... Home speaker things have been room filling. I think this is different. I think this is meant for the desk, and you're supposed to be able to just, it's an easy way to just deal with all the video conferencing we do now.
0: Yeah. And, and it does say specifically that you can have dual monitor output on this as well. So the Surface dock actually is about the same price and doesn't have speakers or a microphone on it so right <laughs> uh, it's kind of a better deal and, and you're right you know i really do like the mute button on there that's a really nice feature and they have a they have a teams button but it also works with google um meet and also zoom and i and i believe it's programmable and in teams it will like raise your hand basically in the meeting and we'll talk about the next accessory which is also an interesting device too but I, I you're, you're right. Am I, this might be my go to. I think
1: you're right. Really? It, it's a weird one. It's a $250. So it's definitely for try to get work to expense it for you. Um But otherwise, it's yeah, it's interesting. I I hope you do get one and then you can report back. I'd like to hear it.
0: Yeah, because I've been, you know, I, I've been I mean, in general, I've been rocking that one monitor life. And if I now have sort of my Surface Laptop 4 is my main driver. That's my other, you know, monitor that's there. And this thing could be pretty nice, I think. And you know, I've been trying to minimize all the adapters and all the dongles. And I'm a big fan of a single cord. You know, Apple does a really great job in their presentations and their setups and all the things when they're doing presentations just look so clean. And I want a nice, clean yeah. setup.
1: <laughs> oh, well, which, which product are you talking about? You, you you gave a little tease there, and I wasn't sure which one you were referring to.
0: Well, I want to talk about another accessory that Microsoft announced. You know, we're talking about the Surface event, and yet there's a bunch of non-Surface stuff, which I think is it's delightful. <laughs> uh, yeah. but they're all aesthetically in the same family, and it's very visible. But they're all black. It's just black. It's black plastic. <laughs> lots of black. Yeah, black plastic for sure. This one is the Microsoft Presenter. Plus, Uh, and you mentioned it as well earlier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. okay. I I thought this one was a little silly. Why do you like them? It's 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 a laser pointer,
0: right? Oh, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you know, I have a Logitech, uh, you know, travel presenter uh, done, basically. And, you know, with that, it has a laser pointer. So you can if you're doing a presentation. But really, the only thing I use it for is left and right go Back and forth slides when I'm presenting PowerPoint. Fair enough. It's 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 a presenter mouse basically, and
1: I I have to say, and anytime I was at a conference, and then I'd be talking to someone like another presenter, and they're like, "Oh, you you don't have a little clicky thing for your thing? Like how how do you turn the slides?" I'm like, "Well, I guess I I guess I press the button on the computer." They're like, roll their eyes slightly. I'm like, "Oh man, I I gotta up my game." (laughs) Like
0: an animal. Like an animal. no, I, it's, it's true. To me, it's a game changer when I present. I've never had the need to do it from home, which is why I find this accessory very fascinating. It is a little presenter dongle adapter. mic. It's a remote control. It's a remote control. And yeah. it, has, uh, it has four buttons on it. It has a left and right. So if you want to go back and forth on slides, amazing. It does have a mute button. Uh, which is also interesting. So if you're inside of Zoom, Teams, anything else, you can easily mute. And what's really cool is that it will give you cues. It says when a reassuring vibration, when you go on and off mute uh, or use the Teams button, which I guess gets you into a meeting or helps you raise or lower your hand. So if you don't want to reach for your Surface doc speaker thingy, you can just click this button if you have it with you. But the thing that I find is a conundrum with this little thing. It's two, it's two <laughs> uh-huh. things. One, one it's $80. That's very expensive. But the yeah. second one is that it's a rechargeable one. And the battery, it says it lasts six days. So it's not really a travel presenter clicker.
1: No? Oh, because it has a little charging stand. But I assumed you could just charge it off of USP. What would make it not a travel thing?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I guess that's true. Uh, that That's true. Yeah, touche. <laughs> Battery I I mean...
1: charging uh, supports direct USB-C input for charging. So you could charge this thing off of your air dock thing. Or not air dock,
0: whatever it's called. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> your know. Your audio dock. I just don't know if I want another cable thing to plug in. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. And general. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. It says it even works with Keynote. So it works with Mac. So it's not a Windows device. It's a, just a presenter device. I could see Microsoft um, actually putting this in like all the offices, <laughs> pretty much. And using <laughs> now what I do find pretty funny is that there is a fifth button. And I, I didn't mention it. there is a there's a pointer, there's a, a laser, you're right, there's a laser built into it, you got to have those lasers. It's you know
1: I don't think anyone actually likes the lasers, but you no. gotta have the lasers. Um, yeah, it, it's a presenter thing. I mean, I personally would get a lot more joy out of the audio doc. I don't even when presenting. I think there's probably got to be a pretty competitive market for these little clicker things, since they are in principle very simple little Bluetooth device that sends a key command. No biggie.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like this is a office device. I could I could see. You know, anyone going into offices doing anything, I guess it pairs over Bluetooth, though. So I wonder, yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, at, on campus, inside of our offices, there is um, sort of like Surface, not Surface, but Teams, Hubs, I, I don't know what they're called, but but pretty much you can see all the upcoming meetings in the room, and then you can join it, the, and the room can join and it turns on the camera and you can plug in your device and it projects and it's really easy. What I'd be curious is, could this little presenter like sort of attach to that that room setup so anyone that is presenting mm. could just grab this presenter and then boom, you're off to the races presenting and clicking during a meeting. Or does as does everyone that, that need to bring this with them?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it, it's going to depend on software because as far as I've ever seen these things, uh, they always just emulate a media keyboard. Uh, media keyboards have the normal keyboard keys plus all your media controls. That's why it's able to do all that kind of stuff. And so that just comes down to does the software support it? Does the machine you're connecting to support it? All that kind of stuff. And to be fair, like, if they used standards like that, this would control an iPad. It would control an iPhone. Because the beautiful thing is Bluetooth is very simple and people have stuck to the standards mostly. Knowing Microsoft, I'll give it a (laughs) 50-50 on whether they stuck to the standard. But it would be fun. You could control your iPad or whatever with it. Uh, But there's probably a lot of competition in that space. Hey, James. We uh we buried a lead here. Oh, you know you, what, you know what else they did?
0: <laughs> what, what did they do?
1: They did some machine learning, oh,
0: and I, they did I a like, lot. <laughs> I like that
1: oh yeah finally i i I love getting to slip in some machine learning into every podcast (laughs) here we are did you see that going back to the surface now you have to correct me is this the laptop or the pro there is an arm version of it using a new custom arm chip that has a neural processing unit on it and they are using it they're using that neural processing unit james
0: that is correct. It is on the Surface Pro. Now, if you remember, two years ago there was a there was an ARM device in the Surface lineup called the Surface Pro X. I believe it was X. the X, a Pro Surface X. I don't know what it was, but it was basically an ARM version of it. it two, three years ago, something like that it was a while ago. And at that time, there was a lot of emulation going on, and and the ARM. Uh, on Windows, game has definitely changed in the last several years, mm-hmm. but yes, you are correct. Surface Pro 9 comes in two flavors. It comes in an Intel flavor than the ones that you know and love and use forever, and then there is the uh, custom one, uh, which is using the Microsoft SQ3 ARM chip, mm-hmm. which is a uh, partnership with Snapdragon, and that also is available with 5G LTE. The Intel one is not, so... Consumers have to pick, which could be confusing to them in general, yeah. uh, based on what they are getting. They, they, I don't know if they know that. I don't know if normal consumers know those two things, but maybe Apple has opened up that world a little bit. But then they're like, "Well, why do I have to pick between the two? But the big, big pro, like you said, is that neural processing unit that is exclusive on the Microsoft SQ3 ARM. 64 processor, which is kind of fantastic because they're doing all sorts of stuff. What are they doing, Frank?
1: Oh, oh, well, let's get to let's get to actual features. But I, I just want to give the compliment out there. Like the ARM transition is going very slowly and all that. So it's nice that they're giving these bonus features because, yeah, it's it's slightly confusing. You're Like, well, does this run software? It'll run most of the software that you want it to. Does it run all software? Eh. <laughs> but at least they're giving you all these nice features. Now, there's there's one feature I want to talk about first, because I think it's the coolest one, but it might not might not be the flashiest one and all of that. But there is a cool feature where through all video or audio playing on your device, audio included with video, (laughs) um, it will do real-time closed captioning, which is super cool. I think this is actually a Windows 11 feature, like a new version of Windows 11. Uh, But they made it very clear that the, the benefit of doing neural stuff in hardware is power. So they're able to do these fancy little tricks like that of doing um, speech-to-text recognition and displaying closed captioning for any source of audio operating system-wide. That's super cool. Uh, I I would love to have that on a Mac. Dear Apple, please compete here. Um, But, you know, you can do that today, but it's going to eat the heck out of your CPU. So having that neural engine is going to help there uh they are also doing stuff with video so like real time blurring of your backgrounds again we've had this but now it's not going to destroy your battery and <laughs> now you'll actually be able to use your laptop and have a battery when it's doing all this kind of stuff uh what else is there i'm i'm forgetting
0: the other thing was beyond the webcam input that's the audio processing and those are the two major ones, and I like the demo that they use for the audio processing because what they did was they had had a guy like <laughs> talking in front with of this big hair with big hair, and then he turned on a hair dryer, <laughs> and then turned on this feature, and you couldn't hear the air hair dryer at all. It was just him speaking, which is fantastical. And, you know, Nvidia the GeForce GPUs had this feature for a while and everyone that I knew that played with it it would basically destroy their computer like it just would not <laughs> ever work correctly and yeah. again because you're either using your CPU or your GPU right you know I I always think that people like that blurred background in Teams or in Zoom or even in Streamyard but it's it's chunking away at your CPU and the really cool part about that that processing on that NPU uh, is, is clever that it's system wide, like you're talking about. So yeah. it's, there's actually like a, it looked at least from the videos that there's like a webcam, section of the settings and it lets you do sort of system wide. How do you want your webcam to work? And there's a bunch of other effects and all sorts of things that you can do on it. I think it also has that follow mode. And I don't know if it has that eye the eye mode thing where it's like you're looking up or whatever. Uh, <laughs> they talked about it, at least I don't want that. I maybe i do i don't know what it's going to be maybe it'll just be the future other but but it's obviously just the start of what they could possibly do with these things and phones have had these things for a while you know i think the iphone does all sorts of things on the um the, the the you know those those ai ml chips that it has built in for a while
1: you know you say you don't want the eye thing and maybe it's a little bit creepy having a computer change your face maybe okay that is creepy full stop But it's a creepiness I'm willing to accept because, you know, what I hate is I do a lot of video conferencing on the iPad, which is very nice because it does that like head tracking. So it'll it'll crop the camera to wherever you are automatically and all that stuff. But it doesn't fix the eye line. like to have to look decent on camera. You should be looking vaguely at the camera. But a lot of time, that's not where the video of the other person is. So you're trying to watch the video of the other person. Your eye line is wrong. It always looks like you're distracted. You know, I don't mind a little cheat here, you know, fix my eyes, <laughs> make it look like I'm actually paying attention because it bothers me. I, I really don't like it. And I find myself, uh, my eyes darting all around. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll let the neural network fix that for me. One thing I found impressive, I was talking about the power savings, but they also get performance from it. They were saying how all these algorithms can run on every single frame of the mm-hmm. video. And as someone who's been doing neural networks for a while, that's impressive, everyone. I know this is old hat and everything, but that's impressive to be able to run in real time. Uh, These things are huge. (laughs) They are doing immense amounts of math. (laughs) And so getting that done in real time is actually quite impressive. I I know other companies are doing it too, but like, come on, Apple. I want to see these features in more things than just the camera app. I want to see them system-wide, like where uh, Windows users are getting.
0: I agree. I think this is the new go-to. I like this direction that Microsoft is doing. Not only, like you said, are these features going to be system so which needs Any, you know, OEM manufacturer is going to just get them if they're using these. You know, if they have these these NPUs. But I think also, you know, I just I did go into my machine and I put in um, what was the what was the thing that I just I just used it uh, in the settings, but the transcriptions. And, mm-hmm. and it totally worked like it worked amazing because I do have the latest uh, I do have the latest uh, features here. I just installed a little thing and it just transcribed everything that you were saying. So I think it's an amazing accessibility feature just built in system wide. We, we don't have to. You know, I, I think what's cool about that is as someone that's done a lot of broadcasting on Twitch and YouTube and, and creates videos and even we transcribe for this podcast. Uh, a lot of those transcriptions are either really hard to get into those specific feeds, unless you have a lot of money and a lot of things, uh, or just the machine transcriptions aren't that good. But I heard you talking back to me on this podcast when we were testing, and it worked delightfully. I think I think I want to say it was in the high 90% accuracy uh, coming in. So I think that was really delightful uh, in general. Now, I will say the NPU stuff. So the cool part is that transcription stuff is for everybody. But I'm assuming mm-hmm. if it's on the NPU, it's not gonna take up my CPU stuff. But my only problem with this arm 64 device and the, and the NPU is that I'm not a service pro person, right? We, we talked about it earlier, yep. I have one, where's my surface laptop, five, <laughs> ARM, arm edition, I didn't get it, there wasn't one maybe next year. So I think, you know, it's it's the only arm device that we saw and it's the only ARM device that we've seen thus far. We talked uh, Bill; there was that developer thing that that they talked about uh, back then, but we haven't heard anything about yeah. that since. So, you know, this is our only you know from Microsoft. There are other ARM devices right. out there, right? So, in general, but I was hoping, you know, there's that because you were talking about it earlier: is it the the Windows on ARM has come a long ways, and just in general the software that is recompiled against arm just like the m1 had to go through it so stuff wasn't running on rosetta 2 it's always better when it's it's on the mm-hmm. native compilation and you know as developers we have uh we have android emulators that are running on arm we have um visual studio vs code we have the browsers running natively on arm uh, so yeah. that's a more delightful experience Uh, And it just loads a lot faster and, and you're not going through that transition layer. Is everything there? No, but is it coming? It definitely seems like it. So, so I don't know when the, the, the trigger is for, for me, uh, when I would move to that, but, you know, I am a windows person, right. And, uh, you know, I, even though I have Macs as well, but I've always been a windows person. I, I just, my daily runner has, has always been that I have flipped back and forth, but, uh, I I'm, I really like the direction that that's happening here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So our our, our thesis that laptops aren't going anywhere kind of implies that yeah there should be an ARM laptop because it's funny how this transition goes. You say we're in the middle of it, but uh, expectations have definitely kind of flip flopped. At least for some people, I have users of Kelka uh, for Mac that say they would like um an apple m1 compiled version of it Hmm. which is completely reasonable i guess like my perspective is there's zero benefit (laughs) you're going to gain a hundred milliseconds startup time which you're not going to perceive and then the rest of the performance games will literally be unperceptible (laughs) because it updates at 60 hertz you cannot see anything faster than 60 hertz so it's it's all imperceptible and yet at the same time i think what this person does is they look at their activity monitor and they see all apple cpu stuff all arm cpu stuff and then there's this one ugly intel x86 (laughs) app called calca running and i think it just bothers them you know so i think the expectation is flipping and so as developers i think we're gotten pretty comfortable with compiling for different platforms you know it's not so hard anymore you change the runtime identifier in your app or something maybe you have to do something a tiny bit gross in your ci system but then you just leave it in the ci and you never touch it again (laughs) and you keep putting out those arm builds so i i i I hope that they will release an ARM version of the laptop. My old sticking point was always Visual Studio. Like I wanted the Intel version for Visual Studio. Now that Visual Studio has an ARM version, all bets are kind of (laughs) off. I I don't think I would have any trouble buying an ARM laptop.
0: Yeah, I I don't think so either. I mean, it's, it's worked very well on the M1 processors. The only weird gotcha I really have is docker stuff some docker weirdness and that's about it
1: yeah docker's always weird all the virtual machines all all the all the hacky stuff is always going to be weird so yeah check what you need for all that kind of stuff um yeah i don't even know what what is the docker on arm on windows story probably complicated we'll have to do some research
0: yeah i'm not even positive to be honest with you um all right last Last one here. Well, th- we got a few other little, little, little nuggets of goodness, but the last thing is that they did update the Surface Studio two to the Service Studio two plus. Uh, you now they added more stuff to it, I guess. Uh, but I did like the demo that they did. Panos he, he loves this machine. You can just tell that he this is a, this, is a, this is like a four thousand five hundred dollar machine, right? So it's really expensive. Yeah, starting uh, at <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but he liked to show that you could snap for like 1080p or, or was it t- or for 2k <laughs> or something? Like, I don't know. Whatever he did, he's like, <laughs> let me let me snap. Like you know, uh, you know, I have like all this stuff happening. It's just huge, beautiful display. This is I don't need this thing at all Um in general. I don't I don't even know what I could I would do with it. If, but it's beautiful.
1: Look, if 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 you're rich or you're a graphic designer with a rich boss, (laughs) I think you can make a very compelling argument for this machine. It is gorgeous, it's huge, it tilts. What more could you want? I heard some people complaining it's only an 11th generation until a 12th generation. Who cares? It's a giant touchscreen monitor thing. I think you're missing the point if you're worrying about the processor. Uh, And it comes with a GeForce RTX 3060. So, you know, is it the mobile version or the real version? I'm curious there, but... um, Real, it's real. If you add together all those components, the price isn't actually that wild, but for, for a PC, people aren't accustomed to paying those prices for a PC Mac people. If this was a Mac computer, it would be sold out for the next year.
0: At least. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, All right, last actual physical good that is up for pre-order. This is this we had talked about this early on. I think that they had shown these off at Build timeframe. I want to say we did talk about them a little bit, but these are the uh, accessible accessories for the PC. Now there's two parts of this the the Microsoft Adaptive Accessories. These are cool. There are six different accessible accessories um thank you uh similar to the xbox adaptive controller but for your pc so for example there is a adaptive mouse uh, a mouse trail with thumb support a hub a dual button uh clicker a joystick and also a d-pad and in addition to that you can uh do 3d printing so you can uh, sort of interchange these things in 3D print based on your needs, which is uh, really, really cool. Um, the, the, you know, I think when you're talking about the transcriptions, they also did a bunch of uh, voice activation commands to make Windows mm. more accessible. You know, uh, Apple did this, uh, you know, uh, before with iOS and macOS for the voice commands and making just things more built into the operating system. I, I love what they did obviously with the Xbox Adaptive Controller and the use cases for it. But, the, you know, this is just delightful uh, to help more people use computers. And I love it.
1: Yeah, and I, it's funny how it's one of those things where when when they design something for accessibility that it turns out just everyone's going to like it because it's just better. <laughs> yeah. It's better if you make it easier to use, turns out. Um, and so I, I want to describe them slightly differently than, you know, what they did is they kind of, broke uh, fundamental interactive hardware devices into small, not even small, but into modules with very clear directions of use. So they have like a joystick one, which is just a joystick. It has a few little buttons, but just a joystick, but it's a beautiful, simple joystick. It reminds me a lot of the old Atari uh, 2600 joystick. The D-pad is just a D-pad. The dual button is just two buttons, but it's there's kind of, it's perfect. It's modular. Like, that's what you want. You want to be able to put together your own command system. Maybe you need two joysticks. Maybe you need two buttons or something like this. So I actually really enjoy the modularity of it. And then you were mentioning that uh, you can actually customize them very well with 3D printed stuff, which opens up a whole different territory. So these were designed to be mated with uh, custom printed 3D stuff. So if it's not doing exactly what you need, or doesn't work, or the the physicality of it is not exactly what you want, you can 3D print accessories for it, and I think this is super cool. Uh, this is the first time I've seen a major commercial product purposefully integrate the potential of 3D printers. The fact that maybe you don't have a 3D printer, but you probably know someone with one, and they they would love to print you something useful. It's fun, and uh, I I love it. I love the modularity. I love the 3D printed stuff. I love that it's ex- for accessibility. It's it's a great product line.
0: It's a win 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 for everyone. I love it, and and I think there's like you said the USB C. So I I think you could use them on any device, sure. any operating system. You know, doing things. So I think that is. Delightful. Let's get to some software. Are you ready for software, Frank? (laughs) Because (laughs) it was a service event, but they announced specifically uh, three things, I think, of interest. And I want to talk about, I don't know, there's two of them go together. So I think we can talk about Apple and Microsoft. Best friends forever? Is that that what's happening here?
1: Uh, Business partners in a ruthless media landscape? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think so. Uh, I do. Believe- I. I don't think
1: Apple wants to play friends with anyone, James. But they know media is media, so it's kind of cool. Uh, there, there's a better partnership. So you're finally going to get your uh, iCloud photos nicely integrated into the Windows Photo app. I don't. It, this reeks of terrible business decisions <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's good. It's good. This is a good thing. It's just. It does make you like. Why didn't it happen before?
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, and- so there was that. And why didn't Apple TV or Apple Music have native Windows apps, you know, or (laughs) Xbox apps as well? Question mark. I don't know. Strange.
1: (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. The worst part is um, I would make Apple released an app for my OLED TV, my LG OLED TV. And I always thought it funny. They did. They went through that effort, but they didn't have a Windows app. Like, what is going on? What are these business deals? But yeah, that's best business friends forever
0: yeah so uh yeah the apple tv uh plus app has been available our apple tv app has been available on xbox for a while but now the apple music app is going to be there and then both apple tv and apple music are coming to windows uh which is great because i do use apple tv so that will be great i can use it on windows i don't use apple music i use uh, youtube ah. music but uh they haven't gotten all my money. I still got I to gotta, I gotta give everyone a little bit of the cheese. You know what I mean? Uh, is
1: uh, Google integrated into the Windows Photos app? No, no, no. Man, th- those, those big business companies, man, they are terrible.
0: <laughs> that, that being said, it, it's really the Windows operating system is a very fascinating piece of software because, <laughs> you know, Android itself is... Married very close to Windows not only can you not only do you have the Windows subsystem for Android and can you run Android apps on Windows in some regions and territories <laughs> uh, but additionally there is the my phone app which when I was an Android user I use extremely heavily. Now this application right. it is I think it's wireless now too uh, but it was wired at the time. If you plug your phone in and you get all of your notifications you can respond to people you can see all your photos. Uh, I think it was, you can screen mirror in in it now and you can do two-way interaction like visor basically with it out of the box. Uh, And that's kind of cool. That's just built into, and it probably does a lot more. I just just switched to iOS. So I'm waiting like, okay, what's the next thing? When do I get iMessage on Windows? Come on, Apple, Microsoft. I'm just saying, (laughs) that'll be the end all be all. That's all I want, little iMessage everywhere. You know, iMessage is the only app it's it's honestly Frank, it's the only app that I think is really like the game changer, the reason that. Yeah. I won't go back to Android. I'm traveling international it's, and I can I can get all my text messages. They all just work over iMessage internationally no just over Wi-Fi. It's it's amazing. It's amazing, Frank.
1: All the people that use WhatsApp are rolling their eyes right now, but yes. I hate <laughs> it's WhatsApp. amazing. It's amazing.
0: Well, it's yeah, I
1: mean you kind of said it they protect it because of that. It's still a big feature of buying an iPhone is getting access to iMessage. So it's still a selling point for them when they, when they stop thinking it's a selling point. And is it, I don't know. Do people decide which phone to buy based on the messaging app? I hope not. It's a really weird thing to decide upon. (laughs) I I don't know.
0: Maybe, I mean, maybe in America, it's different all over the world. You're right. What's is everywhere. People try to explain it to me. I hate it. I can't do it. I don't want it. And then it's like, you can't you can't assign someone's number a name unless you give WhatsApp access to your contacts. I'm not giving giving Facebook access to my contacts. Come on. on. Anyways, last piece of software. There is two things in one I'm going to combine. One is called Microsoft Create, which is a website um, designed with creators in mind. It combines a bunch of different things like Clipchamp, which is a cool video editing thing, it's kind of becoming, when is it gonna become this creator's hub? That's what I'm kind of sensing here uh, with mm-hmm. it because part of this Microsoft Create is the Microsoft Designer app, which enables oh, yeah. you to easily create beautiful designs using artificial intelligence.
1: Yes, yes, correct. Correct, James. Now I'm gonna correct you. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting app, what is a design app? It's actually a, it's more of a graphic design uh, typography app. Like the main idea is I have some product photos and I want you to lay them out nicely. You know, here's maybe some text and do some layout graphics and that kind of stuff. That itself is a tricky problem. You're trying to replace basically a design department with something. Yeah. Now, Yeah. So like that to me is an entire app. You could spend years, your whole life working on that app because art is hard and graphic design is hard. Um, Now the insane part that you said is that not only that, but for some of the media going into that final product, you can use Dolly, the OpenAI Neural Network Image Generator to generate some of that artwork. And that's pretty cool. They're uh, they're putting the UI of a major neural network into an app. Now, this is not something that runs on your computer. Dolly is not going to run on your computer. So you are uploading some text and they're downloading an image. But honestly, we do that all day long with Google search and all that. So who cares? Um, I, I think it's cool. I do find it insane that they've written both apps like it's almost good enough that they could just write a dolly app and be like hey here's dolly and everyone would be like great we love dolly um but they also include it in this design app that tries to do layout and things like that crazy yeah. crazy ambitious
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense to me because i struggle with this personally for thumbnails for youtube but also you know different achievements uh you know let's say I'm, I'm hitting a milestone on Twitter or on YouTube or on Twitch or something like that for subscribers. You want to make a little image, you want to make a little video, you want to do a little celebration. Thanks for the 40,000 subscribers, right? <laughs> it Mine's going to look like terrible, basically, if I try to... A Word document
1: myself. with an image with Arial Bold font. Yeah. Nailed
0: it. Now, if I write in... You know if i try to type this in and i have to you know mix around my words if i do what's well, cool as you're right you kind of can drag in an image i could like here's a celebrator here's an image i like and then it's you know can, can lay some stuff down uh, and i thought that was really neat in general that th- sort of what they were showing there so i could i could imagine you know writing down some text and having it generate some cool background artwork in this designer mode there is a wait list I signed up for it. So I I couldn't get my hand on it. But from what I saw, it seemed nice. Now, there's tons of these different things out there. But this one, like you said, is kind of cool, because it has that design graphic, not just creating art, but actually creating things that you would use and promote on social, or in creatives out there. And additionally, they're not only just bringing this feature to this designer app, but also to Bing an Edge, apparently. Like, I guess you yeah. can search for images, but also create images, too. I don't know why you want to do that, but I I, I guess it's there.
1: Can I give you a use case? I'm ready. Uh, this, came, this came up on ATP and Marco, so ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, we are both app developers. What is one of the most annoying parts of starting a new app project? Well, there's so many. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It involves drawing. App icons and splash screens. Guess guess what neural networks are great at imagining? <laughs> Crazy new icons for your apps. So use one of these neural networks, be like, this is a bluish icon for an app that does a thing. It's got a gradient, and there's an airplane and blah, blah, blah. Generate. And you can just play around and generate different app icons. I think it is an amazing use case for this thing, because they come out appy looking. Too, it, it's it's really fantastic. So, app icon generator. Think of it. Think of the possibilities, James.
0: I love it because you know I've been a big fan of stealing sweet, sweet <laughs> emojis. But you know, I think that that would be the very first thing that I do for my stream timer or uh, my cadence or things like that. My apps out there because yeah, I would love to have something that's unique and original. And it'll just you just sit there and generate them for days until one really speaks to you. And, you know, that makes me a little bit sad because, you know, I've definitely worked with some different graphics designer on Fiverr and things like that. But their time could be better spent on bigger, more important projects actually need that brand identity or they could take what was generated and clean it up. Frank's got something. That's it. You, you, got, you got
1: there in the end. I didn't yes. to keep interrupting you there. Mm. No, you know what? It, the hardest part of being an artist is not knowing what the heck the customer wants. So if you can give them a version that's close to what you want and just say, yeah, I want something roughly like this, but yeah, clean it up, maybe change this, do that. Because it's hard. It's a little hard to control these networks. <laughs> but what it, it's perfect for, you know, generating three or four versions of whatever you want and handing that off to an artist to give you a nice, clean version. Uh, let them do that let them apply their talents to making sense of what this insane neural network generated
0: (laughs) yeah i love it i think it was a good event overall i mean we talked about it much longer twice the length of the actual event (laughs) hilarious Uh, but don't we always we
1: we love hardware you know i I think everyone who listens regularly knows this we we jump at the opportunity to just chat about hardware so this was fun
0: yeah i'm a big fan Cause it's probably kind of our last hardware event, you know, Apple, I, there's rumors, I guess of, of an iPad event I heard maybe, or, but, or just maybe they're just going to release yeah. it. Who knows?
1: 50, 50. I've heard it could be a small event or it could be a no event. Who knows?
0: Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. I got to go edit this thing and I'm going to bet it's 11 o'clock <laughs> at night here in Poland. So <laughs> I'm going to go wrap this up, Frank. Thanks. Uh, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks for letting me talk about this topic. And thanks for everyone for putting up with this audio Hopefully I cleaned it up a little bit in post for you. Uh, if you do like this podcast, just, you know, send it to a friend, recommend it over, you know, recommend, you know, appreciate that. That really helps the podcast grow. Uh, and then, of course, we do have a Patreon. Uh, we also do bonus episodes over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Merge or you just go to Merge There's all the buttons to subscribe things, the links, all the past episodes, over 300 and nearly 30 of them, which is absolutely bananas. Uh, but we really appreciate you sticking with us for this last hour. If you have comments, uh, questions or concerns about the Surface event, things that you love, things that we missed, uh, write in. There's a contact button on the website. But that's going to do it for this week's Merge Complex. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno.
1: And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening.
0: Peace.